Digicom Weekly Growth Marketing Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the Digicom Podcast. I'm John and I have with me Vinay. How are you doing today, Vinay? Wonderful, John. How are you today? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Uh, so we're Digicom. We're a no bullshit growth agency. Uh, we're here to help grow your brand. And today we're going to be doing a little podcast on um, ad platform comparisons, just comparing all the different ad platforms. Uh, so if you like what you see here and what you've seen in the past from us, just subscribe, like, you know, hit those buttons and uh, get rolling with us. On the agenda today, um, as mentioned, at platform comparisons, we'll dive into Meta, Google, Twitter, TikTok, etc. Um, how each platform kind of fits the user journey, the funnel steps, the age demographics uh, of each different platform, how those are kind of broken down, um, and how you could best apply your methods for each d- demographic, the different content styles that work primarily on each platform, because we do know those are different. Um, and then, obviously, the question that everyone comes up with is, where should you start? Uh, so... Let's see what happens. Cool. Uh, a lot of the different ad platforms are featured here. Not all of them. This isn't all inclusive, uh, but we do kind of separate them into two different ways. Uh, demand generation and demand fulfillment. Um, Vinay, you want to hit us with what gem- demand generation is? Absolutely, John. Um, so while, um, you know, it's, it's just amazing to see what we have in terms of platforms and, and the available ad spaces all over the internet now. Um, but we, um, usually would want to look at all of these platforms in, into categories. The first one being demand generation. Uh, when I say demand generation, I mean any social media or native ad or any of these platforms where your user has directly, they are not looking for a solution or your product or service. Um, um, and, and a demand fulfillment platform would be something like a search engine, a Google or a Bing, because people already have a demand. They have a problem. They need a solution and they're searching for it. So those are like the broader umbrellas that that I'd like to kind of put these ad platforms under. It is not 100% that all of the Google will only work as a demand fulfillment platform. But that's that's kind of the, the starting point. Of course. And depending on what your primary objective is, right, if you're driving app installs, then it's going to be a different platform, uh, you know, depending on where you're trying to go with each one of your different um, objectives. So I do like the the separation of demand generation versus demand fulfillment because you could go all over the place with all these different platforms. You could use them interchangeably for whatever you want. Um, but at the end of the day, one of them is going to be driving awareness, engagement and eyes onto your, your product. And you're also going to find other platforms that are actually able to generate those purchases and conversions for you um, because there's a higher intent user involved there. Absolutely agree, John. It's I, I think rather than looking at a platform for anybody who's starting out, um, platform is just just probably a, a you know it's an ad space. It's a placeholder for where you can promote your products and services. But it's really important to understand the journey uh, before we kind of really make that pick. And um, I think that's super important. Would you walk us through like what a usual journey would look like and how it's not exclusive to certain platforms and and the the way we can use it? Yeah. So if you're looking at the diagram that we have here, as you can see, we kind of just start with a couple of examples targeting cold audiences. Uh, you can see Facebook there, Instagram, and then Google search ads, you know, if um, non-branded Google search ads where if someone's looking for the best cowboy hat, they just type in the best cowboy hat and they find it and they want that cowboy hat. Um, but again, that's prospecting. That's leading into someone that has no understanding of your, your product, or they don't even know that they need your product at that point. Um, so you're just doing some sort of traffic, uh, to your landing page 
or to wherever you're driving them to your app page. Um, so they become familiar with your product, with your service. Um, and you're getting them to, you're getting them all that information that they want, uh, because, or that information they don't even know they want, but you're providing it to them. Um, at that point, the perspective of that user's journey kind of switches. Um, if, if they are interested in your product and they like the information that you found, um, they're going to end up cycling back and somehow re-entering your, your journey, your purchase funnel, uh, or whatever type of funnel you're driving, lead funnel, uh, app install funnel. Um, they might end up searching for your product or your service. Uh, that's when Google branded terms might come into play. If I've searched for, um, the best ketchup, at, and I find out that it's Heinz, the next thing I'm going to do is search for Heinz so I could buy it um, at the lowest price. And that's where, again, the different elements of the journey take take hold. Um, and again, we're going basically just up a pyramid of intent. Uh, at the beginning, you have almost no intent of buying anything. Um, and then at a point when you've been familiarized with the product, you've been served certain ads on Facebook, uh, you saw it again on Twitter, let's say, and now you're making that final purchase on Google because you're searching for that specific product that was shown to you six, seven times before on the different platforms. Absolutely. Um, and I, I think it'll be, um, we might just digress from the main topic a little bit, John, but we've, we've seen, um, all across, like across the clients that we've worked, uh, and, and branded searches are kind of like the ignored low hanging fruits. Uh, would you want to talk about that and, and kind of also tell the experience around, you know, how, how much everybody kind of talks about ROAS and, and, you know, how much you're putting in, how much uh, money are you getting back? Uh, how has your experience been running that? And is that something every business should start running from the get-go. Yeah. So of course, branded makes a lot of sense to run from the get-go. It's going to be relatively cheap, especially if you're going with like an exact search campaign um, and you're not going too broad where you're not going to see that overlap with some larger keyword just taking hold and and kind of pushing its way into all of the spending costs. Uh, What you're getting with branded is making sure that you are at the top of page when your, your brand is being searched. Of course, there's a lot of different brands that might have similar names. And then that's when you kind of run into kind of a, a competitive battle uh, for the CPCs and for that highest point of the page. But just by serving branded uh, keywords, you'll end up somewhere in the top five of of the absolute top of page. Um, And again, it's relatively simple because you already have all the keywords in mind. Uh, It's essentially just your brand, the name of your product, and it's a bunch of different variations, um, including misspellings and anything like that. And usually these type of campaigns, they do provide really good returns. It's again, going back to that intent argument. If someone's searching your exact brand name, uh, they have a high intent of visiting your page and or making that that purchase. Uh, That's why they would search you by name. Um, If they just wanted to find any old product, they would search the best of this product, but they are strictly searching for your brand. Um, So we have seen good returns across multiple clients. Uh, Of course, you don't want to kind of cannibalize on on your organic searches. Um, So you are playing this, you know, fine tuned fiddle of making sure that, all right, is this actual traffic you know, my branded organic traffic? Am I driving new customers here or, you know, 
Is it all return customers? And that's when you're getting that, that comparison of, all right, is Google branded driving me return customers, new customers? You want to keep it swaying towards the new customers. Um, but it, obviously you're still going to get returning customers that will be searching for you. Also, if you're not doing a lot of heavy SEO and you're not really too, too aware or too disciplined in SEO, um, and you don't appear at the top of the page organically, obviously branded kind of just takes care of that. No problem. You put in some money and you're going to end up sponsored at the top at the top of the page, potentially even absolute top of the page. If no one else is bidding on your keyword, then it's obviously a good route for you. I suggest this to every single one of my clients. There's no doubt in my mind um, that running branded campaigns makes sense, especially off the bat. But you do want to obviously have them working in tandem uh, with other platforms. Right, right. Absolutely makes sense. Just adding on to this, I think uh, we've, we've seen this uh, um, a lot of times now. Um, we, we run, let's say, a campaign in Facebook. That's that's a prospecting campaign. And this is more of an observation where the ticket sizes are slightly higher. But uh, if, if we start looking at absolute conversions, like people seeing an ad on Facebook, clicking through and buying, that might be relatively slow. But then we st- also start seeing an upward trend where the more ad spends we are pushing towards our prospecting campaign, a lot of customers, are, they look at the ad, they, they find it engaging, but they don't click on the shop now or go to the website. They they just, you know, exit out of Facebook and, and type in your website name in Google and, and go back into the website and see what it is about. So that's that's becoming more of a behavior, especially because um, it's it's more like a tuned behavior now. Everybody wants to search before making a decision, want, want to do their due diligence. And if especially if, if the product is kind of a medium to a a high ticket value everybody would want to kind of go ahead and and you know see if, if the company is legit and and build that no like and trust factor there so we've, we've seen that across uh, a bunch of campaigns and and i think like you said um setting up even with the small budget setting up a branded campaign is so so necessary now just yep. to convert those people and and being right on top of the page that kind of also shows your authority uh, even though it's paid but but being there makes a lot of sense yes for sure for sure all right. Um, next section about uh, what platforms, um, you know, so what sort of demographics and um, would love to uh, you, John, to kind of walk us through these. Of, of course. Um, so Facebook's been around since 2006 and you kind of see the repercussions of this and how it's played out with the age demographics, right? Um, there's a lot of 35 to 44 year olds, 45 to 54 year olds, um, because with the launch of Facebook so so long ago, um, these users have kind of just stayed on Facebook rather than transferring over to Instagram, which is also meta owned, um, or for example, TikTok or Twitter. Uh, you're definitely getting somewhat of an older demographic on Facebook um, in in comparison to the other platforms. As you can see with Instagram, everything has just shifted a little bit lower where 18 to 24 year olds take on the majority uh, of the demographic of the age ranges on there. Um, and if we go to TikTok, that's even further um, kind of like shown where that, that young demographic 18 to 24 uh, is taking on about 22% of of for females on TikTok and then about 17.5% um 
for males on TikTok, that 18 to 24 range. Now, that's going to mean that you're going to have to approach each platform with this in the back of your mind because you're not going to want to necessarily, if, if your target audience and your ideal client persona is a 55-year-old man, um, you're not going to end up on TikTok. It doesn't necessarily make sense. That's only making up 2.3% of the entire population on TikTok. Um, so you're already going into that, uh, kind of setting yourself up to fail. Where you will find more success is obviously, if you could go back to Facebook, Vinay, um, is on Facebook. It makes the most sense. Uh, it goes beyond that. Um, the type of content that each demographic kind of takes in is going to be different. So different style content would work differently on TikTok than it would for Facebook because of that age demographic kind of breakdown. Right. And I, I think um, you've, you've been running TikTok ads extensively across a lot of clients. And I think it, it would kind of be on, on the safer side to say that. And we've, 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 have, we've been in these real talks where um, just because, you know, there's a lot of talk about, hey, TikTok is really working well and, and TikTok is beating Facebook. Um, it's, it's not a, a standard statement across all industries and all clients. Some a lot of clients that were really intrigued about, hey, we should try Facebook. We did try and and because of that platform and the demographics that it's uh, providing, it didn't really pan out the same way. So so your, your uh, two cents on that. Yeah. So I, I think that essentially with TikTok and all what you're getting from TikTok is a, a very, very almost glorified engagement traffic type of platform. Um, it's a lot of video content that's constantly bombarding your user. Um, a lot of information can be given out through this. Whereas I would consider Facebook more of that advertorial type of platform where you're actually putting together um, some polished creatives that look nice on Instagram, that look clean and, and, and very like refined is the better word. Um, whereas with TikTok, not just because the age demographic is, is younger, but because of the inherent nature of the way that TikTok works, um, you're going to want to go into that with a lot of UGC style content. You're going to want to build up your organic profile. You're going to really want to like grow this, this, this platform organically before you could say that it's going to be an ultimate driver of X type of conversions for me. Um, what it needs to be, I know this sounds silly, but you're trying to go viral on, on, on TikTok. And then once you have a little bit of virility, you could kind of expand on that. Once, once you've kind of found your hook and what's working on TikTok, you can recreate that in the type of content that works on TikTok. Um, so to me, obviously there's benefits to both. Uh, and at the end of the day, you you want to break this down. Obviously, this information is provided all over the place. As you can see, we source it from Statista. Look at the breakdowns, determine what your ideal client persona is and find out where they're living. Uh, what platform are they on? Where are they spending their most time? Of course, certain industries, uh, and this is just going to go away from TikTok um, and even Meta and Instagram. Um, there's certain industries where products will work better on Reddit. And that's because the community on Reddit it, for that type of product is just larger than anywhere else because that's where they reside. And that's where they live. So you really want to kind of, it, it, it goes beyond just age demographics. It goes into what type of community are you looking for? Where's your audience located? And how can you best target that audience on that platform? Because it's not always going to be consistent through all the platforms. A, a lot of different research insights that you need to make on your target audiences to then better determine where you're going to start serving your ads. 
Absolute goal there. Um, that kind of leans us into the second part of, of the platforms. That's the type of contents. And I, I think it also, like you said, just ties in into that demographic and, and it's more of a behavior. And we'll not kind of break this down in terms of what do you need, like a carousel ad or, or, or a story that's universal to, to the platforms. Uh, but let's, let's talk more about, um, how we like to classify. So UGC and everything else in the world that's non UGC. Let's, let's talk about that. Yeah, cool. Um, so UGC stands for user generated content. Um, essentially what you can, I'm sure every single person has at this point seen some sort of UGC style, um, type of, uh, advertisement. Um, in essence, infomercials back on TV were kind of user generated content. You know, you get all these different testimonials and people saying, you know, uh, Hey, I use this product and it works so well. And then you kind of get the entire rundown. Um, it's not a refined ad. It's very much uh, someone talking to you about their experience with the product um, or someone, you know, recapping uh, how they use the products, the different testimonials side by side, like comparisons in real time. I'm, I have this product and I have this product. Look at the difference. And you, you get a lot of this kind of raw uh, type of material and assets. Of course, you could go in there and you can polish it up and make it nice. But the entire point of creating user generated content is so the user that is viewing the user generated content can feel the same way, can uh, kind of have that relatable type of mentality to the person across from them. If that person is almost identical to, to them, if that person looks like them, acts like them and all of this, and they see them using this product, they're going to want the product as well. That's just human nature. Uh, so essentially, what you're doing is trying to get people who have used your product in front of people who haven't used your product, and then they feel like they should have the product as well. You're not trying to guide them with all of this type of like advertisement lingo or anything salesy or anything like that. It's just here I am as a user who's used this product. Do you like it or not? I did. And that's basically the essence of UGC style content. Whereas non-UGC, it could be anything else, right? Um, it could be a video. It could be any type of static ad, uh, whether that's a static ad featuring the product or if it's like a lifestyle of uh, so many different ways you could go non-UGC. Um, and again, as Vinay said, no particular style of creative um, is going to tell you right off the bat, like, hey, I work best on Facebook or I work best on Twitter or I work best on this platform. Now, you're going to have to do your testing and figure that out, especially for your, each product. Um, but it, it is a good rule of thumb to kind of break it down as UGC versus non-UGC uh, and then kind of testing each platform with each uh, deviation of uh, this type of content. Right, right. So I think um, <clears throat> if we talk about TikTok, um, I, I, I would say UGC uh, completely. Um, Instagram is also since I think it since the Reels uh, came into existence for TikTok, Instagram also kind of took that uh, same route. And I, I think almost every second uh, video that I can see now on Instagram is probably also Reels. So that's that's definitely interesting. I think um, in one of our previous episodes, we also talked about, you know, media types and ad types that you would like to try. And uh, something that I want to call out again for our audience is it's, it's also important to kind of see the behavior uh, and it's 
I think someone uh, within marketing said, I don't know whether it was David O'Gillery or somebody else, but people um, don't uh, like to, you know, people don't like to be sold. They like to buy. So I, I think over generations where people have been kind of completely bombarded with ads, your brain has been trained to kind of shut them off the moment you have a slight smell of there's an ad coming up. And, and I think um, in advertising and even in graphic design, it's called banner blindness, where your brain automatically just kind of, hey, I'm, I'm not looking at that. I'm not hearing that. Gets into a mode. Organic, on the other hand, because you're on, on the platform, you're just trying to scroll up, see what's going on. And it kind of slowly leans into what, what you're already viewing. And then within that mindset where you're not trying to push a product, you show something. And if there's an interest, that goes ahead and then converts. So I think... Um, even amongst almost all the accounts that we work with, and I'm sure that's true with you, John, as well. Almost every single time, if you would compare like a UGC creative to something that's non-UGC, something very polished, a graphic designed ads, and and we are, we are not against uh, you know designed and polished ads at all, but we've, we've definitely seen that um, UGC kind of by default is being pushed by all advertising platforms. Like the platform itself just loves it. Over the last year, it's really changed too, right? Um, I, I think it's just the, the migration of everyone onto these new platforms, as well as the younger generation coming into its own and taking on more of our consumer actual behaviors. You know, uh, whereas four years ago, the audience that was on TikTok or three years ago, the audience that was on TikTok has now kind of graduated to 18 plus and they're spending their money in the market. Um, so you kind of have seen that kind of divergence as well. And as things have worked well on, on, on TikTok, um, people have started to replicate those ideas and that type of content onto YouTube shorts, onto Instagram reels. And that's why you're starting to see this small shift kind of leaning into UGC. But again, at the end of the day, everything's going to work differently for each person, right? Um, and I've seen advertorial type of kind of ads working really well uh, on Instagram because they still blend in. Um, Instagram is really good at having even your the non-UGC content kind of seem very organic. So it, 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 again, you don't have to stray and say, I'm going to do UGC and only strictly UGC. Test Test out all of it, test it against one another and test out different styles of UGC, uh, unboxing, testimonials, comparisons. There's a lot of different things you could do. So a lot of options and variables for you to test um, through with your creatives. Amazing. Um, all right. Um, that brings us to our um, last section and, and probably the most important question, uh, which we kind of get in all on our onboarding calls or with all our clients. Uh, where do we start? Where as a business owner, as as someone who's planning to use platforms to drive traffic, uh, get conversions, whether you are an e-com, whether you're in uh, a service based business, where do you start? Um, and um, I'd like to see it, um, the, the diagram that you see on the screen, um, just a, a background and we've just uh, grabbed the image. This is from a really, really uh, must read book that I highly recommend. It's called Sale, Sell Like Crazy from Sabri Subi. And it talks about how, how the a usual market would look like. So if you see uh, about 60% of the market at any, any given point of time for a particular uh, a service or a product, um, the people, though the, the percentage is higher, but these people are not, uh, are not even problem aware. So you can, you can probably say these people are, they're just seeing symptoms of, of certain things, certain problems. So, um, let's say I'm, I'm seeing that, um, 
there was uh, my my computer is working really slow and maybe it crashes a lot now if if um i look at it in terms of comparing to this pyramid um i'm just seeing symptoms but i i don't know the problem yet and then when i would want to know why my computer is working slow slow and i i probably call up my friend and and ask him who's a tech guy or maybe search on google and you figure out that okay it might be because of maybe there's a virus or maybe um you know i i don't have enough ram now i know the problem and then i move for, forward in the user journey about gathering information about that problem so um if if the ram is not working well um what how much does a ram cost or what are the available brands that sell really good rams i'm checking out reviews or if it's an antivirus software then i start looking at you know the best antiviruses and and you know with good rating so then i am in that information gathering stage um and of course this this number uh, further decreases about 17% i would say 15 to to 20% of people looking for information and the last part is where the branded searches that we were talking about um that's where the user reaches really low numbers like 3% but these people are really on the edge um all they need is is the right trigger to pull out a credit card and make that purchase they are look, looking for um in in example to the antivirus i might see something like okay i heard um uh, mcafee has has really good reviews or norton has really good reviews so i know now what i'm looking for and maybe my search then becomes something like um norton 2023 prices right so at every user stage the the intent is pretty predictable and you can see how someone can go from completely being unaware about a problem to really knowing what they need to buy and then purchase and between these stages a lot of platforms can come and not just google or facebook or anything else so <clears throat> anybody who's starting out the first thing that that we'd like to do is research and try to find out if the product or the service that we have already has a lot of demand you know that first slide that we, where we talked about demand generation or demand fulfillment and and that's very really easy to find out free tools like google keyword search you can just try to put in your industry keyword or the product or service you're selling and see if there's enough um searches going on for something that you're trying to sell um as a solution if there is then that's a pretty clear sign that you you are into a market where three people are aware about what you're selling all you need to do is jump in front of them that could be a low hanging fruit and you start um you know uh, making conversions on the other hand if you see that there is a product that like a solution that you offer that is not being searched by a lot of people like if you see monthly search volumes of 200 300 that usually signifies that there is um a very small market that's aware about a particular solution and then you have to kind of take a step back and and start seeing based on this pyramid okay my my market is not aware about solutions but are they aware about the problem and then if that works or doesn't work we take another uh, step back and see what are the symptoms are people searching with that so that's that's one way of looking at it the other one would be straight go going to a platform like facebook instagram google where you know 100% most of the customers that you're looking uh, would live here um you would then have to see whether your product has enough you know content in terms of do you have a speciality do you have a usp to the product can you create really good um story and and feature benefit ads and that's that's like a no brainer because it's always a win win um but 
I, I think for for any business, if if there had to be a rule that at least just point out two things where I can start, I would say starting with something like a Google branded search and then uh, supplementing it with Facebook ads or rather vice versa. So you generate all that demand on Facebook and Instagram and then also um, put in the 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 funnel for your Facebook, uh, Google branded ads so that you're capturing these people who are searching for your brand. Um, one thing that that's really important while choosing Google as a, as a platform is if you don't have enough marketing budget or whatever your budget is, you also have to look for um, you know the costs associated with your keywords. So if you if you find out that hey um, you, you're really happy that there's a, a, a big enough market that's searching for solutions that you offer and you're very happy about it, there's also a good chance that a lot of people are bidding for those keywords and then the keywords are really expensive. Um, so if you if if you are getting a um, a click maybe. 30, 40, 50 bucks, and it does not, and it does not fit in your budget. If you, if you had to spend maybe $10,000 to get five conversions, you have to do the math. And we extensively talked about our cost calculating, um, uh, template that we shared last week. It's really important that as, as a business owner, you have to put in those costs and, and see what a lead or what a conversion would cost you and then backtrack and see whether that's something that you can afford. That's something that you can bake in into your marketing right now. If not, then then there are other ways to look at it. Before you jump into the uh, funnel metrics calculator, would you be able to tell me uh, essentially if someone is not aware of your product, how would you best approach um, marketing your services or product uh, with, let's say, compare Meta to Start or Twitter or any one of these um, quote unquote, like top of funnel engagement kind of like platforms. Uh, is there a, a way that you phrase the copy, a way that you put together the creative? Um, is that going to be different than when you're talking about your bottom of the funnel? Absolutely. So my two most favorite um, approaches, not just in terms of copy, but also in, let's say you're doing a video ad. Um, that's uh, one is called the uh, the PAS framework. That's the problem uh, agitate and solution framework. And then the other one is AIDA. That's attention, interest, desire, and action. Um, both of these have been kind of proven in both in terms of um, copywriting as well as landing pages, sales funnel flow. These are applicable everywhere. The good part is that even on a demand generation platform where your your audience doesn't get on to learn more about your service, they're not looking for it. They're just scrolling through looking at and entertaining content. And if you suddenly pop up on the screen talking about a problem or you're talking about some symptom that they're facing and you lead with that and both these frameworks are based on that, it's it, it kind of acts as a hook. And then the person is willing to learn more. Okay, this is something that might help me. And then they, they go on and consume the other content. So two, two of the best frameworks, even if you're doing a video and you're thinking, um, let me script my video in, in a certain way. And we've, we've seen content from a lot of, um, you know, audits that the videos are there but don't they don't really have a structure and we've always even while making scripts we've followed like an AIDA framework or it kind of becomes a story that here's what I was facing here's what I tried um, here here are the results and you know go ahead and check it out so having that framework really helps uh, especially on a demand generation platform so if you don't have anything else that you've ever done before those are the two go-to uh, methods that anybody should try very good stuff, Vinay. That's what we needed. Thank you. Thank you.